If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. and AM 750 WSB every Saturday afternoon, usually 3 to 6, today 3 to 5.30. But if you miss any of the show or want to listen to it again, which sometimes I talk so fast that people tell me they want to listen to it again, but it's still good the first time. But if you want to hear the podcasts, I do post them of this show and some other stuff that we do. Binkley po- uh, posts them on PropagandaReportDaily.com and tell people how to get to that, Binkley. Go to PropagandaReportDaily.com and click on the little Apple icon on the right side and subscribe at iTunes or at Google Play. That's great. And there is uh, a special podcast coming up. I was a guest on Rogue Money, and uh, it was really super, super fun. Totally outside of my normal focus on uh, on politics, I think... Uh, the word stardust came up a few times. So wow. if you're intrigued, yeah, no, it got it got freaky. So <laughs> <laughs> audibly, audibly only. <laughs> it was interesting to listen to, let's just say. Anyway, so that's a good one. And check that out. You can go up to propagandareportdaily.com right now. And I actually did post that as a YouTube video, even though it's just audio. So what uh, we've been talking about these town hall protests. They're obviously hitting the ground running. They are uh, for sure real people who don't like what's happening. You're always going to be able to trigger people like that. I think Binkley has been kind of teaching me the ways of the propaganda world, of the protest world by telling me, how they set up these really emotional, symbolic situations, and then as they get a network going of people, they can just activate them. And I, I think that's a little different from the Tea Party, which which actually inspired these people to make, you know, the, the political, both the left and the right politically looked at the Tea Party, and it really, I think it really scared the right. It really scared the Republicans for a while. They really had to regroup figure out what to do with these people. And ultimately, they, um, you know, if I go way down the rabbit hole, I think that they corralled them into a a new kind of alternative Republican underground called the alt-right, which is not like a Tea Party thing at all. But I, but I feel like it put, took the momentum of that and got us where we are today. And I think that this this town hall protest stuff, I think, is kind of front end loading that by making sure the networks are in place right away, making them very effective, um, being ready to trigger them at any time. Do you, Binkley? This this thing is is just getting started, right? Yeah. So what's gonna what's gonna happen next? What's happening? What's happening right now? Uh, well, we got an email referencing one of those earlier 
earlier callers and uh, Mary, I believe, and she said the email says she said that they had a secret Facebook with no reason for that given. It makes me go hmm. It. Yeah, I I feel like she it was a great call. I was very interested. I actually wished I I was up against a break. I wish I had more time to talk to her about it. But she um, she was saying she was a first-time first protester and that, yes, that she did look at the Indivisible Guide. She did use that, whereas as a Tea Party, my, I wasn't a Tea Party. My mom was a Tea Party or I was a Ron Paul Libertarian. I went and marched on Washington. I had my signs. It took me literally four hours before every protest to make these awesome signs. I mean, I really had some great signs. One, it's somewhere on my Facebook, Tyranny Today, Revolution Tomorrow. And my, my original prototype had like, I, I colored it in like the flag and it had little red teardrops of blood coming off. And my husband told me <laughs> I had to, <laughs> I couldn't color in the teardrops because you're it was a regular Benjamin Franklin. Too radical. In the beginning, in the beginning, when I was protesting, people were distancing themselves from me um, during these events because I was a hardcore Ron Paul libertarian with my Ron Paul t shirt and my, you know, dripping blood <laughs> sign. <laughs> and by the end, they, we were so antagonized by the, the congressional aides that people were pushing me towards the front. It was really crazy. Wow. So, but I never looked at any kind of like how to, how to pro, how to be effective. And I, I was effective, yeah. but I didn't look it up, but ultimately it's all, it's all, uh, I think it gets co-opted, but what was, you were telling me at the break, something was trending. What was that? Resist capitalism was just trending on, on Twitter. Twitter. And a caller earlier, Dave, referenced the tattoo for the left, which I believe is going to be the hammer and sickle. <laughs> what was he saying it should be? He was, I think the, uh, was a the donkey elephant or, or the donkey? Elephant. I don't know. But yeah, hammer and sickle. Yeah. The the resist capitalism thing, I absolutely hate that because I'm an anarcho-capitalist. Capitalism should be outside of government completely. What they're talking about is cronyism, but they've really hijacked that great word of capitalism. I refuse to let it go. People tell me I should not call myself an anarcho-capitalist. First of all, it sounds like a drug dealer, which it is not. <laughs> Anarcho. I don't believe in government, but I do believe in capitalism. Anyway, let's... let's um. There was another, I think I saw another uh, email come by that talked about the Obamacare stuff. I want to talk a little bit. We only have a, a short time left. I want to take some calls on Obamacare. What did he, what did the email say about Obamacare? He said that you are right about the Affordable Care Act and that the GOP doesn't want to repeal it or replace it. Repeal and replace yeah. probably is what he meant because they definitely want to replace it or well, maybe he's right Maybe they don't want to do anything to it because it was originated as a Republican idea And I I just it's by the 10th Amendment. We should not have the federal government involved in Obamacare It's unconstitutional even by their own standards because it only survived because the Supreme Court said it was a tax and taxes have to originate in the House and that originated in the Senate and they could have stopped it numerous times along the way, and they didn't. And now John Banner just came out and said, it's not going anywhere. Um, I, I saw numerous reports from these guys who were facing the town hall protesters saying, oh, now I wonder if we're going to be able to get this done. And at the same time, I saw one guy had a second town hall meeting the same week after facing hecklers and protesters uh, on Monday. And I thought, well, if that's not asking for trouble, if that's not setting up, because they, I guess they have them on holidays. So, and Monday was a holiday. So I just, you know, I smell a rat with this. I feel like the, the core big government GOP, maybe they want to tweak it so the insurance companies don't have to go bust. But in the end, I think it'll probably be a big cronyist pork pile and it, the republicans will like it 
that their cronies will like it and will be, you know, stuck with less good health care over a stressed out demand pool, you know, where there's just too much demand for it. And, uh, and, and it'll cost too much and it's regressive so that people with more money pay less than they otherwise would and people with less money pay more because of the, uh, the benefits to older people. So I've got a lot of problems with it. I'm going to go to some calls. I'm going to Wayne and Marietta. Hey, Wayne, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I wanted to talk to you about the Affordable Care Act and the uh, pre-existing conditions. Everyone left, right, and all the general public think the existing conditions are a great thing, but there's a pro and a con to it. Uh, if, if you sit around your whole life in your 40, mid-40s and you find out you've got lung cancer, it's not fair to the insurance companies for you to be able to go down and get insurance and them cover you. That's why all these carriers are uh, pulling out of Obamacare. That's, that's akin to your house catching on fire and you calling State Farm and telling them you need uh, uh, fire insurance. Yeah, and uh, Wayne, you know, it actually goes one step further than that. I'm with you in that insurance, by definition, valid, statistically valid insurance has to be a pool of similar people who have no control over the outcome. If you have control over the outcome, you can game it. And that's exactly what absolutely would happen, which is if you why would you ever get insurance if you don't need it? Uh, and and you can get it as soon as you need it. So that's why they have to mandate it and force you at the point of a gun to prove that you have it, to take your money, because no, no one on earth should get insurance if you can get it after you get sick. Exactly. And uh, that's why these insurance companies are going broke and pulling out of Obamacare. And on the other hand, if you've been on in- your parents' insurance your whole life, and like my daughter has Crohn's disease, she just turned oh. 26. At that point... You should be able to get on insurance, but you should be able to sit around your whole life and get it when you need it. Well, what it is, if there is a situation where someone cannot afford it or has a, a disease like that, if you if you're living in a welfare state, which we are, Absolutely. that that's the that's charity, and that's what what our welfare. It was already set up like that. If you can't afford it, you do get it. I, I mean, maybe it's a screwed up system, but you could have loosened it up by allowing insurance to be sold across lines. I mean, there were so many ways to make it easier to really allow just catastrophic care, where if you get catastrophic insurance, where if you get some crazy bankrupting disease, which is very unlikely for someone 20 years old, you pay almost nothing, 100 bucks a year, you know, and every, if you if you really want that. I mean, there's so many free market ways to defeat, uh, to address the problems, but I would start with just making it uh, not the, not a, a national issue so that uh, the states can deal with it as they wish and use the Commerce Clause to make sure that they don't restrict insurance trade across borders. I couldn't agree with you more, Monica. Ah, thank you, Wayne. Thank you for calling. I, I, I'm so rusty on Obamacare. I, I was so passionate about it originally, and um, I, I really was absolutely on the thousand-year plan. I had decided, I had concluded that uh, the government works against us. I thought there was no hope for limited government. The American experiment, as beautiful as it was, it was made under ideal conditions during the Enlightenment era by statesmen and courageous statesmen. I mean, that maybe is the official narrative, but even if it's absolutely true, still it got co-opted. Still, it failed, basically, and resulted in the biggest government that's ever existed, probably next to China, I guess. But my um, so I wasn't going to lift a finger to 
change this government until Obamacare came along. And I, I just could not in good conscience go down without a fight, given that I have kids and I do really love this country. And that's actually changed my whole approach. Now I defend the Bill of Rights. I, I'm trying to kick the can down the road. I'm trying to cling to our rights for as long as I can, even though I feel like the modern state has gone beyond our control and that, you know, maybe we'll never be able to get it back to where what the Constitution framed for us. But uh, I am I definitely don't want to give up without a fight. So I would like to get rid of it, not repeal and replace, just repeal it. So uh, I have time for one more call after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. The high today was 63, and tomorrow's high slightly cooler at 61. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. We are talking about town hall protests, what's to come. Uh, the DNC picked its chair, Tom Perez, today here in Atlanta. I'm sure their first order of business is midterm elections. And I am going to take one call. I'm going to let Lynn in Gainesville have the last word. Hey, Lynn, uh, what you got for me? Um, I was telling your screener, it's it's just uh, amazing to me that it's so cost prohibitive and everybody's worried about everybody with pre-existing conditions. And if you present at uh, an emergency room, you're not going to be thrown out to die on the street. Right. Um, I'm in my 50s. I lost. I'm a self-employed person. I lost, you know, my ability to actually purchase um, catastrophic. Um, I used to call it roadkill, but anyway, um, and now they think the only people 30 and under need catastrophic. So I'm trying to figure out where the balance is here that makes any sense um, for people like myself. And there are a lot of self-employed people, believe me. We've had to reinvent ourselves since 08. Um, you know, um, it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that I should not be able to purchase a catastrophic policy. Here's and, the thing. You know, the, I, I, I feel like in a, we are a, country uh, uh, capitalism we were just saying how like resist capitalism is trending on twitter true capitalism freedom competition drives prices down increases you know how can i not be able to buy what i want to buy it's not like they're giving it to me for free like a lot of the people that are getting subsidies which i personally can't qualify for um you know which i wouldn't want to anyway (laughs) because That's just, you know, not who I am. I know. It's sick. And everybody wants, like, somebody to take care of them. Well, you know, don't we all? But, you know, uh, that's not really the way that it's supposed to work. But I guess in a socialist society, that it, <laughs> that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're hitting every every point that I really care about. I mean, I don't know the minutia of the policy, but I don't want to be in a situation where uh, I need to get a subsidy. I don't I, all I want. I, and I think the well, original problem with the health care was all the laws, all the restrictions on what you could buy that that be, long before Obamacare. Insurance policies, just like Obamacare, were required to have a whole bunch of stuff. What if you want an insurance policy or an insurance company that doesn't do birth control? I mean, it could be it could be bare bones, the catastrophic stuff, if it didn't have all the bells and whistles. And if they didn't do things to uh, increase the demand for, uh, you know, the stress on the system, the prices wouldn't go up. Hyperinflation is an earmark of government-regulated and mandated industries. There's so much more to talk about. Check me out on Facebook. Check me out on Twitter, at Monica Perez Show. This conversation continues all week. Till next week, this is Monica Perez. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. 